Hello, hello, and welcome to the Ex-Girlfriend's Guide to Polyamory, a new podcast in which we talk about the ins and outs and ups and downs of what it's like to have multiple relationships. Uh, yeah, I think I killed that. My name is Monica, and I am here with my co-host. Great introduction, Monica. I'm V, the co-host of the Ex-Girlfriend's Guide to Polyamory. Um... I would like to first say, forgive any um, cough or um, clearing throat. It's like spring, so pollen. So, yeah. God, and it's been so hot this week, dude. Like, yeah. My allergies have been killing me, and it is not fun combined with the heat. 90 degrees in mid-May. Yeah, like 95, I think. That's... In uh, we were just actually talking to you. We're going to go swimming after this because your pool opened this week, which is like unprecedented. A pool opening like the second week in May. Yeah, it usually it doesn't um, open until after Memorial Day. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. It's that's that's a good way to cool off. Yeah. Um, um, so this week we are going to talk a little bit about ourselves and how we poly yeah um this is our it's our introduction episode it's it's episode two attack of the clones um <laughs> but it's our uh we're gonna do our introductions as well as talk about um what it's like getting into polyamory and uh important things that might come up yeah so we have a list of questions and all of these are from readyforpolyamory.com as well as our um, glossary of terms we are going to be using any definitions will be from readyforpolyamory.com and we will put links um, on our website for that yeah, I was going to say, probably in the link tree somewhere. Yeah. We can throw that in there. Okay. Awesome. So let's let's get into it. V, tell us, tell our listeners about yourself. Who are you? What is polyamory to you? How'd you get into polyamory? What do you want to talk about? Well, a little about me is um, I'm 29 years old. Um, I'm actually going to be 30 next weekend. Um pretty nerve-wracking. Um, I'm non-binary, gender fluid. Um, I use she, he, they alternating pronouns. Um, I came out as genderqueer mm, about four years ago. Um, I'm bisexual. Um, I currently have a fiancé and two other partners. Um, so the way I poly is pretty open. Um, some would describe it as solo poly. Um, yeah, let's, let's get a definition on that um, because that's something that I, I've heard that term before, but I don't know exactly what it means. So the definition we have here is 
a form of polyamory in which an individual chooses to be their own primary partner, building connections without the assumptions of progressing up the relationship escalator with one or more partners. Okay, um, I like that, and I feel like a lot of people should be like that because we need to prioritize ourselves. Absolutely. Right? Um, be your own primary partner. That's interesting. And that's something that I've tried a little bit of, you know, this in the, in the past couple of months, I've been like, I should take myself on a date mm-hmm. um, because like, who's going to love me more than me. Right. Uh, and that's hard. So that's cool that you um, see yourself as kind of solo poly. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I really didn't identify with that term until like literally two months ago when my fiance and I were talking about it. And I was like, I like the way we are, you know, we kind of just date how we want to date and, you know, blah, blah. And she was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I've always been solo poly and, you know, you're kind of solo poly and I was like hmm I guess I am so yeah but um I still like the idea of um like I'm guilty of sort of wanting the relationship escalator where it's like date engaged you know married etc um but you know, I kind of don't need that because as long as, you know, I have someone to share my life with and build a home with, um, you know, I'm, I'm good, you know. Um, and this is something I think comes up in poly a lot, um, that some people, you know, don't feel the need to go up the relationship escalator, um, as you say. Um, because maybe your partner is already married and, you know, so you know that like, okay, I have a relationship with this person, but we are never going to get married. Um, and it's a cool thing in poly because you can recognize like marriage is not the end all be all of relationships. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's a great thing for some people and not for other people. So I, I like that. Um, I like, I've never really heard that term though, like relationship escalator, but I immediately knew what it meant. Oh, yeah, I think um, anybody who doesn't hear that term and they hear it for the first time, they're like, oh, okay, I can understand that. Um, Anyway, um, I'm pretty out and open about being poly. Um, Last coming out day in October, I made a Facebook post coming out to my family as polyam um they took it fine i think um they haven't kicked me out or stopped inviting me to family gatherings so that's good and i feel like i can be a little more myself um instead of just being like oh my friend xy Um, I can be like, oh yeah, like they're one of my partners or whatever. Right. Um, and I guess if you weren't out to anyone before this podcast, uh, you are now. Right. Right. Um, Um, we're like in a fortunate position, which we can both be very open about our 
uh, relationship style. Unfortunately, not everyone has that ability. Um, yes. But it's nice to be able to be like, oh yeah, my partner and my other partner. Absolutely. It's refreshing. Um, so something that, um, so I have a lot of free time, so I have a lot of time for multiple relationships, but what I don't have is unlimited energy. Right. Um, you know, if you've ever been in a relationship, you know how much energy it takes, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I used to have a lot of partners. Um, I think at one point I had seven partners, um, which is a lot. Uh, yeah, um, but anyway, it was like I was seeing one person one day, uh, that's all you need, really. One for every day of the week. Yeah, you would think so, yeah. but no. Uh, I got exhausted to the point where I would, like, need, like, a month off of seeing people. Right. And that's, like, not the best for, you know, Yeah, and we dating. talked about this a little bit last time. Uh, polysaturation. Is that in our glossary? Um, polysaturated. I don't think so, actually. Um, what it's what it's referred to here as uh, bandwidth. Um, oh yeah, like relationship bandwidth, which is a term I haven't heard, but I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna quick look up um, polysaturated. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that means something that is not related to poly. Oh, maybe. Okay, so <clears throat> psychology today describes polysaturated as a word that people in polyamorous relationships created to describe the phenomena of consensual non-monogamous folks having enough relationships. When people are polysaturated, they have as many relationships as they can handle and they do not have the time or emotional energy for another partner. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, that's where you were at with your, your six or seven partners, which was, you know, partially when we were together. And I mm -hmm. remember seeing you really stretch yourself thin. Yeah, it was like, um, hey, Monica, do you want to also hang out with my other partner? So oh, we yeah. can just like, you know, get it all together. Yeah, we did that a lot. We also like we lived together at one point, And yes. so it was like, when you share a space with someone, um, sometimes you have no choice but to hang out with their other partner, um, unless you want to, like, actually leave or, you know, go to just spend time in your own room, but, yeah, that was, there was a lot of spending time with the other partners, which was fine, because I've always been pretty cool with most of your partners. Yeah, you like to hang out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, now I try to keep it, you know, pretty, pretty chill, um, I absolutely adore all of, like, my three partners. I am always open to dating. Um, well, I am right now, at least. Um, haha, single polyam people, hit me up. Um, anyway, at me. <laughs> um, I guess we could talk about love languages next. Um, yeah, um, 
Did so. you want to give your intro to Polly's story? Oh, yeah. I was like, I feel like we missed something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's so, get into that. How did you get into polyamory, V? Because this is not something that everyone even has heard of. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, in high school, I had a lot of boyfriends, um, but it was like, I would have a different boyfriend every week or two weeks. Right. That NRE, baby. And it wasn't even NRE. It was like we would talk on MSN or AIM. And for you young people, that's AOL Instant Messenger and, uh, Jesus, I don't remember what MSN stands for. Anyway. Uh, surely it means messenger. No. no. I don't know. No. Anyway, um. Yahoo chat, stuff like that. Um, and we would chat like after school online, but at school we would like barely see each other. Um, but anyway, I like would get feelings for someone else while I was in the relationships. So obviously I thought, oh, this isn't right. Like I can't have feelings for two people. So I would break up with the person I was dating and then pursue that new person. Um, and like people used to say, oh, you, you go through boyfriends like tissues or whatever. And I'm just like, I, I'm sorry. Like I have a lot of love. Like yeah. I, I, eh, you know, um, so, um, when I came out as bisexual to my dad, um, he said, I think you just have a lot of love and you can't, you know, restrict it to one gender. And I was like, absolutely. Which I love that. Yeah. Um, I love my dad. He's goofy, but so, so, uh, out of high school, um, I like kind of just hook up for a while. Like I'm in my twenties now. Um, my early 20s anyway, um, I have sex for the first time, and so I'm just like, bang, 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 bang. You know how it is when yeah. you're young and free sexually. <laughs> I uh, do know that. I'm 23. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was 20 when I lost my virginity. Um, but anyway, so I just like slept around for a couple of years. I wasn't interested in relationships. Um, I met someone who, uh, we connected really well. We had a great friendship and eventually we started a date. Um, but when we started to date, we like, we were keeping it open. Um, but you know, we just kind of wrapped up in each other and blah, 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 sure. blah. Um, eventually we opened up again. Um, and like, she fell in love with somebody like I fell in love with somebody um unfortunately our relationship did not work out it wasn't healthy poly um but I learned a lot from that relationship and um yeah and I've been poly ever since I don't I will never go back to being monogamous um I think that it's such an important part of me that I have this ability to let or 
any type of relationship progress, whether it be like a friendship or a friendship with benefits, um, into whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So that's why polyamory is important to me. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty much me. Uh, Monica, would you like to tell your, um, poly story and introduction and everything? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I get to, like, introduce myself. Yeah. We decided last week, we were going to do intros, and then, as I mentioned, okay, I said last week, a few weeks ago, our first episode, um, we were going to do intros, we decided to just go with red flags, we're like, this is what people need to hear if they only listen to one episode, and it's the first one they need to know about what to look out for. Um, But, yeah, I'm excited to get to talk about myself. So my name is Monica, I am 23, as I said, and I'm a college student, Uh, I work in media, and I have been poly for a few years now. I, the too long didn't read version of my poly story, I would, I'll just try to tell it briefly. I was engaged to a guy at age 19, uh, don't recommend, and um, a couple years into our relationship, we, you know, we started dating when I was in high school, and then I was, you know, in college, we're still together, we're now engaged, uh, I met a group of friends, and a bunch of them were poly, and that was my first time really meeting anyone who was poly, and I developed a crush on one of the people in the group, and basically brought up to my partner that I was interested in trying out the poly thing, um, Unfortunately, we weren't, like, really poly. We were more open because he definitely did not want me developing feelings for anyone else. Mm. Um, but I am someone who catches feelings very easily. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very emotionally open and vulnerable. Um, so a couple months into this relationship with this new person, I, you know, they were very important to me. Um, so when it came time that my fiancé said, okay... I'm not having any success doing this poly thing. Like, I'm not dating anyone else. I don't really want to do the polyamory thing anymore. Uh, You need to break up with your other partner. I was like, well, I don't want to do that. I love my other partner. Um, So basically, we had a big fight, and it ended up in us breaking up because he's monogamous and I'm polyamorous. And we were just not compatible, and unfortunately, that's just how it works out sometimes. Um, But... Where I am today, I have a, I'm in a long distance relationship. I have a partner who lives in a different country. Um, we are about to meet for the first time in, uh, we've been together over a year. So that's very exciting. And yeah, I'm then so I, excited for you. Yeah, my life is crazy exciting right now. Um, and then I have some people that I talk to and I have some kink friends that I play with. Um, but I only have one actual relationship right now. Um, I've been open to dating for a while and I just have not had much luck because mm-hmm. I am very much looking for an emotional connection and currently it just seems like most people around me are only looking for a sexual connection, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, that just means, again, I'm not compatible with those people. Um, but I have some things that are budding and exciting and I'm very caught up in NRE right now. Um, 
NRE, for anyone who doesn't know, is new relationship energy. Um, our definition um, defines it as... Um, our definition for new relationship is... New relationship energy. Yeah, new relationship energy is the excitement and giddiness that comes with a new relationship and its early stages. Um, this says, some scientists believe it is the re result of oxytocin and vasopressin. vasopressin. It is potentially obsessive and similar to limerence, um, which is another definition um, around here. I'll get to that at some point. Except that it occurs after a relationship has begun. Mm. It can be extremely positive, but also for some people jittery and challenging, often abbreviated NRE. Right. So what you're saying is there is a scientific reason why I feel this way, why I get caught up in the honeymoon phase so easily. Yes. Like, it's so nice when you first start getting to know each other and you feel like you have so much to talk about that's mm -hmm. what i love like i love sitting down with someone especially like for the first time especially if we're like smoking weed together or something yeah. oh uh, we are in a legal state okay yeah we're in a legal state um i love uh sitting down with someone and just being like we could talk about literally anything because i don't know anything about you yeah i think that's super fun uh and then like finding out all the things that you have in common and and like the first time you touch someone like that first cuddle oh my gosh yeah yeah um i've been experiencing some of that recently and it just has me in a phenomenal mood um good old uh oxytocin yeah so let's talk about i don't know what my polyamory style is i guess just like open um the way that i do polyamory is like my partners can do whatever they want um you know, and I'm, I don't know, being long distance, I don't have any, like, boundaries with my partner as far as, like, tell me about who you're having sex with, because we're not currently having sex, so it does not affect me. Right. Um, so we don't, it was, you know, he tells me about his other partners, and that's fine, um, but I don't, like, you know, hound him about it. It's not something um, super important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and... I don't know, it's been a while since I've been in, like, an in-person relationship. I've been doing the long distancing for a couple of years now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have many rules or boundaries in my poly because I just want my partners to be happy. Mm -hmm. They can have as many partners as they want. Like, they can have sex with whoever they want, as long as they're being relatively safe or keeping me up to date Right. if they're not. Um I personally get regular STI tests done, and mm -hmm. if my partners have other partners, I prefer that they do the same. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But, um, always get tested, folks. You're the only one you can hold responsible for your health in yes. that situation. Like, you can't make someone else get tested. Right. But going off of that, let's talk about different kinds of poly styles. Yeah. Um, let's talk about kitchen table polyamory. Yeah. That's like a a big term most poly people i know like who are actually poly do practice kitchen table um but not everyone uh including my own relationship um i'm in a relationship with someone who's uh their style is like don't ask don't tell uh kitchen table would be 
kind of the opposite of that. Uh, kitchen table polyamory. Go ahead and just give us our definition and then we'll go into it. Okay, I would first like to give us a definition of don't ask, don't oh, tell sure. relationships. I didn't realize you had that. You yep. are so resourceful. Would you like to go ahead and read it? Uh, don't ask, don't tell relationship. It's a relationship in which a usually formerly monogamous, usually hierarchical and primary couple choose to allow each other to see other people, but they don't want information on uh, their partner's other partner or what their partner is doing with them. Um, you know, sometimes they might have, there might be a clause like, tell me about us if you're having unprotected sex with someone for my own safety. But in general, they're like, I don't want to hear about what you're doing with other people. Like, it's fine that you have other partners, um, but I don't want to hear about it. You know, it makes me uncomfortable or it makes me jealous or whatever. Um, so yeah. And some people don't do poly that way. Like some people will not date someone in those relationships. Um, but I am personally like, like I said, it doesn't bother me what my partner is doing as long as they are happy and as long as everything is ethical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for kitchen table polyamory, you mind if I read this Go ahead, one? please. Um, it's a style of, um, polyamory in which the polycule, which is like your network, um, it's like who you're dating and who they're dating. Right. Yeah. That's your um, polycule. Yes. Um, and the integration of multiple romantic relationships into one group is prioritized. Um, for example, like, um, everybody wants to get along and like be a family. And it says, um, the name comes from the notion that all members of a network can sit around the kitchen table in their PJs drinking coffee. Um, right. which is like a nice idea, you know, but unfortunately you can't like force people to get along. Yeah. So. And we talked about that on our red flags episode. Like it's a red flag to try to force kitchen table polyamory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's like, there. we were very kitchen table, like when we were, like what I was saying earlier when we were together, we lived together and you'd have your other partners over and we all hang out and smoke or talk or watch a movie or whatever. Right, right. That's very kitchen table, um, in which your partners can get along with each other and they could be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's one form of polyamory. So... Um, now that we have a definitions um, out of the way, why don't you go ahead and continue your um, poly story? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what else I really had to say. Oh. Um, no, I'll just say, so where I'm at currently is that, like, I would never be monogamous again. Um, a few months ago, I was with my mom, and she said, well, what if you met the right person and they were monogamous? And I said well, the right person for me would not be monogamous. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some poly people who date and marry monogamous people because there are some monogamous people who are like, I'm monogamous, but I'm okay with you having other partners. Yeah. I'm not going to date anyone else, but you can. That's called monopoly um, or monopoly. Yeah, monopoly. Um, yeah, so um, I personally, I'm at the point where I would not date a monogamous person. Uh yeah, I don't, I, I don't date mono people. I just, I have too much of a fear of having my heart broken by people being like, I'm, 
I'm okay with you being poly, and then later being like, I'm not okay with you being poly, like, exactly my origin story. Or, um, they're like, I found somebody I want to be monogamous with. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine gave me a theory recently. I haven't told you about this, so let's get your take on it. Um, so he's on dating apps, and he says he gets more interests from poly people when he doesn't put that he's poly in his profile Hmm. um so he has this theory that like maybe these people are like they enter their first poly relationship but they secretly want to be monogamous so they're kind they're poly but they're looking for a monogamous person Hmm. so they can leave their partner and enter a new monogamous relationship Oh God! Yeah, That's... I know. And I was oh, like, oh, you know what? Wow. I have a I have a word for that. You have a um, word for that? Yes. Okay. Um, Our like large seven page document. We gotta we gotta scroll and find this. But I, I'm curious to know what that word would be. It is called, okay, um, cowboy slash cowgirl. It okay. says the gendered names for someone who acts polyamorous and then form and then after forming a relationship tries to remove their partner from the polycula to be monogamous with them. Mm, okay. Um, cowpoke, cowpoke as a gender-neutral term. Okay. Um, yeah, so-called because they are roping one off from the herd. Okay. So that's, like, I guess not exactly what you were saying, but... No, but it is kind of similar. Yeah. And I've never heard that term before, Me so either. that's interesting, and I'm glad to provide people with knowledge. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so... But that's that's really interesting, though. Um, Like, I I wouldn't ever want to trick someone like that. Um, No, and I mean, it might not even be intentional. It might be, like, a little bit subconscious. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but that's just crazy to me. Uh, yeah. You know, I was like, that's that's interesting. You get more interest from poly people when you don't put poly in your profile? And he's like, yeah, like, noticeably more. Wow. Um, so, and I'm like, I've never even considered that. I always put that I'm poly in my profile because I don't want to match with a monogamous person. Me too, Whereas, yeah. Whereas, like, he is more of like, oh yeah, when I start talking to someone, I'll be like, I'm polyamorous, are you cool with that? And they either are or they aren't, and they usually yeah. probably aren't. Hmm. Um, but there, like we said, some mono people who are cool with it. Yeah. Um, or you could find another poly person who doesn't have poly in their profile, maybe. So. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's always, that's always an option for you folks on dating apps who are not having the best luck. If if you, like me, are on, can we say OkCupid? Okay if you're on OkCupid, okay which is... The dating app that I use because it has non-monogamous options. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Cupid, we'd love a sponsorship. <laughs> okay, Cupid, give me free premium membership. <laughs> Let me see my likes. That's like all I want. Yeah. Because their membership isn't even like ten bucks a month. It's like sixty bucks a month oh or gosh. something. It's like crazy. And it's like I just want to know who likes me so I can like find love. Yeah. But do you have anything else? For your um, introduction? Um, yeah, so I guess the last thing I'll say is that um, 
we're doing this podcast because we really want to help educate people because we're like, we know a lot about polyamory Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know a lot about polyamory. Um, and I just want there to be, you know, more people who know about this stuff. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm a little bit of an advocate. Like, I'm so happy to be able, like, I'm happy to have the privilege to be able to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. To quote, um, or I guess to paraphrase, um, The Princess Diaries, um, okay. the scene where... Um, I haven't seen it. Oh. Go ahead, though. Well, for I'm people sure who have seen, seen it, seen it <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say The Princess Bride, and I got excited because I actually have yeah, seen that. Yeah, you've seen that one. Anyway, we're going to watch Princess Diaries tonight. Very soon. Um <laughs> No, tonight. Okay. Anyway, uh, we'll review it on our next episode. Okay, so anyway, she's like, oh, I'm a princess, and and her friend's like, that's so cool because, like, you have the, pow- the power to affect change, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and I feel like with how easy it is to get your voice out there, like, why not us, too? Yeah. You know, like we are very smart, beautiful people. Like yeah. we can educate. Also, we're just very tired of like entering relationships and then people being like, oh, never mind. Or yeah, because being... they don't get how poly works or, yeah. you know, like whatever it is. But there's just so much fucking misinformation out there about mm-hmm. polyamory and misconceptions. And when you Google stuff about like opening your relationship the first like I remember a guy told me this a few months ago a guy that I was talking to who was married um was like when you search up things about opening your relationship the number one thing you're gonna find is people being like that relationship is doomed to end Mm. which is not true um and maybe it is if you are like opening your relationship to save your marriage like we talked about last week um but no like if you guys think that you're open or poly, um, awesome. Um, that's not necessarily going to kill your feelings for each other. Human yeah. beings have an infinite capacity to love. Just please do the work before you actually seek other partners. Yeah. Like, manage your jealousy. Um, figure out when you're gonna spend time with each other so you have quality time versus just time together you know um especially if you live together you know um just because you ate eat dinner every night together doesn't mean like you're having quality time exactly um so for the last 20 minutes um monica i was wondering if you either wanted to go over um our questions um for dating Mm -hmm. or um terms Let's go over the questions. Can you okay. pull out the outline? Yep. Um, so. I don't think we have to do everyone. No, we don't need pick, to. Pick a couple that you like. Okay. So these questions are from readyforpolyamory.com. They are questions to ask um, when, like, dating other poly people, basically. Like, you know. Um, so imagine you're on a date um and you ask your date so um 
what's your poly setup? You know, so low poly, is it hierarchical, relationship anarchy? Are you open? Like, are we allowed to fall in love? You know? Yeah, um, for sure. And you can, you and your potential partner can absolutely have different poly styles. Mm -hmm. um, different poly styles are compatible, but you need to make sure that you are compatible. Yes. Um, you need to be okay with their their thing. So if they're like, I do hierarchical polyamory in which my primary partner is my most important partner and they have veto power, mm -hmm. um, you might not be okay with that if you're more like an open solo poly kind of person. Or maybe mm -hmm. you are. Um, that's like something you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you say, how open and out are you in your polyamory? Um, can we hold hands in public? Um, if someone goes, oh, I thought you had a wife. Like, right. are, are you going to explain that? Um, you know, how, how public are you basically? Um, yeah, that's, uh, like, are you, yeah, are you out to your family? Like, is this the kind of relationship in which you could, like, take me home to your parents? Or are, am I never going to meet your family? And, and again, are you comfortable, like, eventually meeting my family? Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and again, it's, those are just questions you have to ask yourself as well. Like, am I okay with not meeting my partner's family? Or, you know, whatever. Yeah, um love languages like what are your love languages yeah so let's go over those there's five of them i don't like to reference the original five love languages um by oh. gary chapman just because it's like very actually like christian based like oh, very hetero I didn't know that. yeah huh. um so the main five are words of affirmation quality time receiving gifts acts of service and physical touch um so if you have, um, if words or affirmation are your love language, then you want I love yous, compliments, you know, validation, uh, validation, and you know stuff like that. Um, send them memes and stuff a lot, <laughs> you know. Send your partner memes. Yeah, um, quality time is the next one. I think that's pretty, you know. Um, yeah, we've talked about that a little bit. Spend time with your partner that is meaningful. Yeah, without distractions, um, right. cell phones, etc. Um, the third one is acts of service. Um, you value when your partner goes out of their way to do things for you, uh, to make your life easier. Um, making you food when you're sick or bringing you a coffee or, you know, just, just little things. Yeah. Um, actions speak louder than words. Um, the fourth one is gifts, visual symbols of love. Um, it's not about the monetary value, but the symbolic thought behind the item. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, this is my primary love language, which is yes. not a lot of people's primary love language. I was going to say, Monica always said you could literally give me a, a rock. rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then the last one is, sorry, don't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Um, physical touch, uh, holding hands, kissing, cuddling, you know, sex, not necessarily always sex, physical intimacy, offer to give your partner a bath, wash their hair, you know, paint their toes. Yeah. Oh, I love when someone brushes my hair. Yeah. Or like, 
my friend last night plucked her boyfriend's eyebrows and wow. I was like, that's such a sweet thing to do. Yeah. You do that for me as my friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was such a, a cute way to show affection, uh, to and that's also an act of service. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, um, I guess there are two more types. Um, okay. Trying to find what the other ones are. It's like, what are the seven types? What are the nine types? What are the six types? Yeah, I guess it depends who you ask. Um, I don't know. We're just okay. going to go with those five. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, what is your love language? Um, my love language is a little bit of all of them, but yeah. mainly like words of affirmation and quality time. Right. Um, yeah, which is interesting because mine are gift giving and acts of service, so... Yeah. Totally different. Um, uh, and it's funny because, like, how I show my love is acts of service right. um, and words of affirmation along with quality time. But, like, um, like if you want to show me you love me, you know, just, like, spend time with me and, like, let me know. Like, yeah. tell me. Yeah, um, tell me how you feel. Yeah. How you really, really feel. Yeah. Um, my fiancé, uh, her one of her love language is gift giving and she uh, well let's just say I told her not to buy me any more plushies until uh for a while because I'm I'm filled to the brim when you're plushy saturated yeah and I'm getting a big old frog plushie in like October or something that she ordered in January it's like my gosh anyway um so what are your love languages? Um, I recently heard of these, um, apology languages. Um, yeah, it's like, how do you apologize? Basically, um, expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting and requesting forgiveness. So you know, I think this is a pretty self-explanatory. Right. Um, how do you handle NRE? Um, how do you disagree with your partners? Like, um, and how do you handle if you're hurt rather than angry, you know? Right. Um, um, something with me personally, I can't date people with anger issues. Like, people who are prone to yell when yeah. they get angry. I can't date because I have anxiety that is triggered by loud noises, including yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's an important thing to know about someone. Like how, what do you do when you're hurt? What do you do when you're angry? Yeah. That's good to know. And people might not be upfront about that. Unfortunately, you might mm-hmm. just have to learn that. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of people just don't know because right. anger such an unexpected emotion that and also you know it makes you forget things you don't you're not always in the moment um i know i mean you've seen me have an anger episode um it's scary and it's not me and i'm just like luckily i have that more under control now um but i've never hurt anybody i've just i I was in a relationship where I was yelled at, therefore, sometimes I yell, um, to defend myself, yeah. so. 
Yeah, and that was something that caused tension in our relationship. Um, yeah, went you know towards the end when we were fighting. Um, and like because like I said, I don't handle being yelled at well, and so yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, that's just something you have to figure out in relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, so it's really important to know how people act in the relationships. Um, you know, you could be two months in and then learn that person is like, you know anti like free healthcare or something yeah. you know like it's important to know yeah I, you know i like i said i've been with my partner for about a year now and i i learn new stuff about him every day yeah um, yeah so even um my partner i've had for three years now we just had our three year um i learn about you know new things about them all the time like yeah. oh I didn't know that you did this like I didn't know you went there like I didn't know your mom collected shoes, shoes. yeah I was like was it shoes um yeah that's the kind of stuff we're learning about our partners a little um mundane a little domestic yeah um, but that's the way I like it yeah me too me too um we've got about 12 minutes left I think we should start wrapping up okay um, do you want to do one more question? Yeah. Um, how do you handle during and after a breakup? Like, Oof. I think it... This would be such a hard conversation to have with someone. Like, yeah. Well, like, is this what we're doing on our first date? Mm, no, I, not like okay. the first okay, date, good. but like eventually. Yeah, like, like early on. It's right, important like, to know these I've things. I've always said, like, I in some capacity want you in my life like um if we were to ever end things because like you're such an important person to me like could we still be friends right but like yeah. not now like right. when we're ready to like i would never expect someone that i just broke up with to be friends with me right away like oh, yeah. i think that's a little um red flaggy like oh you're not gonna let me time to process this okay right. okay but, yeah, because um, I know after my big breakup a few years ago, I was, woo, it, yeah. it, but, like, I was kind of the sad one, like, texting her to be like, I'm, I miss yeah. you, I'm I was sad. just thinking, dude, I've been on both ends of this, yeah. I've been the person who needs space, and I've been the person who's like, I miss you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard. And then one thing I will say about this question is, if you don't feel like you can ask someone, how are you going to act if we break up, um, pay attention to their stories about their exes. Yes. I say, like, that's my hot tip for you. Um, if someone only has exes that are like, she was such a bitch, that's yeah. a red flag for me. Honestly, um, if you, like, like talk horribly about your partners and it doesn't seem like they really did anything that bad yeah it's kind of a red flag yeah like when I talked about like my relationship I was like it wasn't just her you know right like I fucked up too right um she's a very important person in my life you know I'm not gonna fucking shit talk her I'm gonna like say the truth about when she treated me badly, right. you know, but I'm not going to be like, oh, blah, 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 she's a bitch, you yeah. know? Yeah, and I think that shows a ton of maturity in a person is the way that they handle talking about exes and breakups. And, Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that you can learn a lot about a person just by listening to their stories about their past, so pay attention. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, gosh, I have a story to tell you off off okay. air. Uh, it, it's too slanderous. I don't want to say. Yeah. No. Um, anyway, um, the last ten minutes, I just wanted to um, say thank you so much, everybody, for listening to. Um, our first episode, we actually passed a hundred listens. Um, I know, I can't believe that. And we had people listening from like all over the world. Yeah. Because we posted in some international groups, you know, and we're like, please listen to our podcast. Yeah. So we got a couple of people in like Denmark and Canada and, you know. Yeah. Um, so, all over the place. Australia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, awesome. I would Shout like. Shout out to our Australian listeners. Um, <laughs> we are now on. Um, Spotify. Oh, yeah. Since our first episode, we've now figured out how to have a podcast. Yes. We have hosted a podcast. We are on rss.com. We are on Spotify. Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Awesome. Um, you can find all of our links um, in our link tree on Twitter and our rss.com feed. Um, we are at t... T E G G T P. We are on at Twitter. on Twitter. Yes. Um, so thank you so much for listening and for just supporting us doing this. It's been amazing. Um, I love recording the podcast. It's so much fun. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Do you feel less nervous this time? Yeah. I feel like it's way easier to talk this time than it was last time. I I'm think like, so. I'm a poly expert now. I'm a pro. Yeah. I think, like, um, Monica has a job, um, with a, like, semi-local radio show, um, and she's got a lot more confidence, I think, speaking. Yeah. You can definitely oh, yeah. tell from the first episode. Especially, yeah, since recording our first episode, I've been on the radio a few times, so I'm a little less nervous about talking and hearing my own voice in my ears. And, yeah. It's, so. it's not something you think about, like, uh... It has definitely made me more comfortable with my own voice, yeah. something I've always struggled with, liking. Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. Like, I was listening to it back, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, because I had to record it, or mm -hmm. to edit it. So I was like, wow, I can't believe I don't hate the way that I sound. Um, awesome. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, so this podcast is great, because it's helping us build some confidence, and yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we don't have a set recording schedule yet, but we're going to try to get an episode up every you know, couple weeks or so, um, just depending on our own what we've got going on. Yeah. So. Um, the month of May is a little busy with my birthday and other people's birthdays, and just it's always a crazy month for me, so I'm just like... But, very sure i just had finals and but right. now i'm on summer break and yeah it's gonna be a nice long summer and hopefully we have lots of time to work on the pod and and to swim and to swim that's where we're going right after this yeah. i'm excited all right let's get off here so we can go swim then yes i hope all of you have a wonderful day night morning whatever time it is when you're listening to this um tune in for our next episode we'll be posting on twitter um, and on our Facebooks, um, once we know what that is, well, I mean, we have, we have those. Oh, I know. Oh, like, oh. once we know what the next episode's oh, yeah. about. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm I know. Just I thought you were leading into saying what it was going to be. And I was like, this is news to me. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Have a wonderful day. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Tell me how you got those